Good afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542. Glad to be with y'all on the last day before Thanksgiving. Uh, just so you know, there will be a best of on Friday. Uh, I will not be here. I'm going to be in Nagash. Actually, I'm setting a couple things up here after the show today, and then I'm bolting. I've got to go pack my clothes, and I've got to go meet my kids and spend time with my family in Natchitoches. But this is a news and talk program, so let's go over the news of the day. Uh, the big story, it's been up on the media stations. Uh, we've had Fox News on in the studio this morning, or since this morning, and the, the big story uh, is uh, the shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, a man they have now identified... Uh, uh, in a Walmart. I believe he was a man, he was a worker there. Uh, that was one of the early stories that came out. Uh, shot several inside of a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. And Joe Biden gave his statement. And he talked about, you know, gun safety and things like that. But in his statement, he also talked about LGBT. And this is also as it relates to the Colorado shooting, the, the LGBT club in Colorado. And the left, as soon as that shooting happened, the left was just furious. They said it's right-wing rhetoric that's causing this. It's anti-trans rhetoric from the right that's causing all of this. Well, as it turns out, the shooter says he is non-binary and identifies with they-them pronouns. His father was a porn star and was accused of domestic violence. His mother was an arsonist. So clearly, this is the fault of right-wing propaganda. I think it's interesting that when several dozen pro-life pregnancy centers get vandalized, when a few dozen of them are firebombed, that has nothing to do with progressive rhetoric talking about going after and getting rid of pro-life pregnancy centers, calling them misleading, calling them uh, just terrible places and trashing them anytime they speak publicly about them. I find it interesting that when the Democrats call Republicans the enemy and a left-wing lunatic goes to a baseball field to try and assassinate Steve Scalise and other Republican congressmen, there's no discussion about left-wing rhetoric. Instead, these people get memory hold. They get pushed aside. The stories disappear. But even now, even as... We find out more about the Colorado shooter. The narrative is switching. The activists in the media are switching the narrative. Now it's not right-wing rhetoric that caused this guy to go out and shoot up a nightclub. It's right-wing anti-trans rhetoric that made this person feel unsafe. They were bullied growing up because of vicious, mean right-wingers. For those of y'all that listened to Moon Grafon's show this morning, I, I, I said what I'm about to say here. Words are just words. Words provide the excuse for a sociopath to go out and do inhumane things. 
words did not convince this person to go shoot up an LGBT nightclub in Colorado Springs. Words did not convince James Hodgkinson to go shoot up a congressional baseball field. I think it was Hodgkinson. Yeah. Words did not convince these lunatics to go and firebomb pro-life pregnancy centers. We want to say that. On both sides, we want to say that the left and the right are responsible for the actions of those that listen to their words. The left and the right are responsible in that they don't take into account that there is a mental health crisis in the country. We're not having a discussion on gun control right now. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there's some voices out there talking about it, but right now, nobody's really saying a whole lot about gun control. The Democrats, the progressives, are out there talking about right-wing rhetoric. Because they realize something. They looked at the same data you and I can see, and they realize voters actually don't like the Democrats either. Voters went with the status quo because the Republican choices in a lot of those races were just simply too chaotic. But there's nothing in any of the data that's come from the midterm election that suggests that people just like Democrats more. No, the, the people picked the lesser of two evils in their mind. Left-wing rhetoric is just as unhinged as right-wing rhetoric can be. The only problem is left-wing rhetoric gets cover. And we really, really need to take a moment and step back and reflect on the fact that we live in a society where people take words and use them as justification to do stupid and foul things. There is no level of, me of good mental health that can lead you to think it's okay to take a life in cold blood. That is mentally unhinged behavior. There is no level of sanity that justifies it. You have to be mentally detached from humanity to think it's okay to take a life. You do. You have to take your mind through a whole lot of loops, a whole lot of extra steps to justify the taking of another life in cold blood. Or you're just simply detached. And the humanity of another person means nothing to you. And that's where we are right now. We are at a level of detachment socially and culturally because we have decided to allow ourselves to be identified as the good guy versus the bad guy in politics. It's not simply a, my ideas are better, their ideas are bad. It's they themselves are evil. And we have dehumanized the other side in politics to the point that it is easier to talk about them as some vicious traitor to the ideals of the country than to say, well, we disagree on something. And that level of unhealthy behavior is driving us 
to a major crisis in this country. I used to be able to say with confidence there's absolutely no way a civil war is going to happen in this country. We have in our nation's memory a civil war, and we don't want to go back there. But right now, we are so detached from one another that I'm not entirely sure it's impossible. Highly, highly unlikely, but if we get any, if we spiral down any further in this level of detachment from one another, all bets are off. Because we have decided to embrace hate rather than love. All right, I want to stop there. I want to take a break. When we come back, it is Thanksgiving. And I want to turn this around now and talk about the positives and why we need this time together. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. would be glad to talk to you here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. <clears throat> so tomorrow's Thanksgiving. As I said, after, after the show today, wrapping up some stuff here, and I'm going to head to Natchitoches. Um, I'm going to spend time with family. I'll be back sometime, uh, sometime this weekend. I, um, I've been thinking a lot today. I, I kind of went off on a tangent uh, in the third hour of Moon show today about family. I uh, had a caller, uh, Michelle, I think it was, who called in and said uh, that she would really like to see us moving away from the commercialism of the holiday season and going back to it being about family and about faith. And I really like the idea a lot. I mean, you can't have thanks you can't have Thanksgiving and, and Christmas without any commercialism whatsoever. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But we do need to refocus a bit, societally speaking. When you're born, you were born into a social unit, the very first social unit any human being is a part of, and that's the family. As you grow older, you also start to join other social groups. One of the first social groups that you will join is a daycare, and you start interacting with other adults who are taking care of the kids and other children. Your family will, in most cases, take you to church, and you will react in that social setting. You will learn from that social setting. Eventually, you start going to school, and you will react and engage in that social setting, again, with adult caretakers and people your age, peers, that you learn to interact with socially. You will have friend groups. You will have people that you don't like. You will join a team or a club or a community group. And these are all different social groups that you are a part of over time. But the fundamental, the very first social group you're in is a family. It's like the atom of sociology. The family is the very first social group you're in, and that social group deeply impacts how you relate to other social groups, how you join other social groups, and which other social groups you join. And that's why Thanksgiving and Christmas are so important. 
we come back and we reflect on the very fact that we have family. And some of us, we don't have big extended families. We have our immediate families. Some of us may be alone for the holidays, but we have friend groups. We have colleagues. We have co-workers. We have peers. We have people that we go out and see on fairly regular occasion, people that we talk to, people that we interact with via social media, via the phone, via face-to-face interaction. During this time, we gather together, typically as families, those of us without gather together as friends, and we celebrate the mere existence of each other in our own lives. You will go to a family event where there is food and there is laughter and, yes, there is football. And you will celebrate the existence of these people in your life. You will celebrate the existence of your parents, of your siblings, of your children, nieces, nephews, cousins, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents if they're still living, all over. We celebrate each other's existence at Thanksgiving. And we do this because we are thankful to have made it through the trials and tribulations of whatever's ahead of us. And at the end of the day, we really do need to remember this. At the end of the day, we really do need to remember that without the people in our lives, we would be absolutely, totally alone and detached from the world. And it's that detachment that causes the societal problems that we're seeing right now. It is that detachment from reality, from society, where we have a world that is only us and we only focus on ourselves and we don't love anybody, we don't have anybody to rely on, that is what causes these problems. And that's what causes a man to pick up a gun, take multiple magazines, go into a Walmart, take several lives before taking one's own. That's what leads somebody to go to an LGBT nightclub and start shooting. It's what leads somebody to go to a congressional baseball field and start firing away at lawmakers or go to the Family Research Center and try to assassinate them and shove Chick-fil-A sandwiches in their mouth for being a hate group who's against LGBT. When we love one another, when we have that family foundation, when we have a peer group, when we have those friends groups that keep us connected to the world around us That's when we don't stray. That's when we don't veer off the path. And all too often, the people that you see, the people that have press conferences held because of what they did, those are the people who don't have that. Sometimes society pushes them to the fringe. Sometimes they walk away from society to the fringe. 
No matter what, though, pray for them. And be thankful that you in your own life have a support system, have a group around you that keeps you connected to the world. Because if we didn't have that, there would be a lot more of these shootings. There would be a lot more of these high-profile crimes. There would be a lot more just utter deviation from right and reasonable behavior. And it hurts right now to have to give this kind of a message. Because we, as a society, as an American society, we have all the tools and means available to make sure these things don't happen again. And no, it's not political. No, it's not legislation. We have the capacity for love and caring to make sure that people don't slip through these cracks to make sure that people don't become detached from the rest of humanity. But we are all too often selfishly isolating ourselves and focusing on me, 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 I, 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 and we don't focus on the world around us. After the Moon show this morning, uh, one of our listeners, uh, PPC, I call him, tweeted to me, too many focus on what they want instead of being thankful for what they have. It could be a lot worse. We could be living without toilet paper, electricity, or readily available food. But because we're not happy, we detach ourselves and we isolate ourselves from others. And those that we isolate from are the ones at risk. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. When we come back, we've got a whole lot more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, the last show before Thanksgiving. Y'all keep with us right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation uh, this is my fourth hour of radio today, and I could end up repeating some of the stuff that I've been saying because I took a lot of stuff that I kind of talk about on here and talked about it on Moon Show, but at the same time, some of it just kind of, you know, expanded naturally there. Uh, I'm looking at my show notes. I didn't do show notes for this afternoon because I did a, a longer show notes for, Moon's this, for Moon this morning, uh, and I, you know... I made sure that uh, I had plenty to talk about all day, but then I looked through it and I realized that I somehow have blown through most of it as it is. So now I'm kind of at a loss. So, uh, all right, so let's talk about this. Um, we live in a time period where, talking about the commercialism at Christmas and everything, Everything is so hyper, it's so hyper marketable now. We, we always, we're thinking about things in the way that others would perceive them in order to make ourselves look better and per, basically perform better. I've, I've joked time and again, a lot of people use Facebook for a lot of different purposes. I use Facebook to share pictures of my kids pictures of what I'm cooking, and to share stupid memes. That's all I do. And I will be honest with you, I don't, if you follow me on Facebook, my personal page, I would prefer it if you go like my page, uh, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. But if you happen to be friends with me on my personal page, you will see I don't share memes based on what I think the, the, the crowds would like. 
I don't. I I don't care. I don't care if you like the meme I share or not. I don't care if you like the tweet I put out or not. I don't care about any of that. I don't. I try very hard to put out the content that is truly and authentically me rather than what I think would get the most likes or what I think would get the most clicks. I, I live and work in an industry that requires clicks in order for you to be considered successful. So I do have to market some of what I write online. Uh, but for the most part, anything that I put up on social media, I put up because it's of interest to me and it's my own thoughts and, and that sort of thing. But there are a lot of people who are legitimately, and this is going to sound like an oxymoron, legitimately fake. That does qualify as an oxymoron, right? Legitimately fake. But there are people whose sole online life is all about posting the content that people would interact with. Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. That's all they want to do is they want to post the stuff that makes them look good but also the stuff that they know other people will see so that people can see them looking good. You know, during the break, I open up TikTok and I scroll through, and there's um, the algorithm knows me very well. It knows that I like stupid memes and video game content. And that's pretty much what I get stuck with, and cooking content from time to time too. But I've never once thought about putting up a video on Instagram or TikTok or any of those platforms thinking, man, if I just post this and I, they'll get some crazy engagement on it. I don't care. But there are people losing their minds on social media. Like take Twitter, for example, people who are out there shouting at the top of their lungs that Twitter is about to be destroyed because Elon Musk is tearing down the company. Twitter's still standing. It was not a poop show on election night, as a lot of these liberal progressives, uh, news media people were saying. Twitter did just fine. Twitter is still doing just fine. But a lot of these media types, a lot of these progressives said, we're going to Mastodon. And you know what they did on Mastodon? They started sharing their tweets. They're still putting stuff up on Twitter, whining and moaning and complaining about the stuff that's going on on Twitter and why it's driving them away. But then they go to the places where they've been supposedly driven to and they post their Twitter content. Because these people are all addicted to the, 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 the clicks, the eyes on their content. We live in a content-driven society. And that's just kind of one more level of that detachment I'm talking about. We no longer care about the interactions between you personally and me personally. We care about what people on the internet are going to click on most. That's always driven me crazy. It happens in the radio business all the time. There are a lot of people in the radio business that you think are just the most genuine, pure people and come to find out the stuff that they do is highly scripted and it's done so in a way that's to engage the listener and make them keep listening. If I were to heavily script out my show, you guys would have stopped listening within the first few weeks. I can send you out show notes. I still legitimately have no idea if I'm talking about those subjects or not because it changes from one to the next. It changes because of y'all. Y'all call in, y'all have statements, y'all have comments. You make them. And we have a comment that builds up out of that. And then I don't get to half the things I put in the show notes. 
But true, authentic interaction should be the way that we're working here. Rush Limbaugh was so good at that, and it was, that was his philosophy. You'll notice that Rush Limbaugh never did a whole lot of interviews on his show. And it's not because he thought he was just strong enough to carry himself. I mean, he was, don't get me wrong. But Rush Limbaugh did not have guests on his show because he treated his audience as the other person in a conversation. And he considered it rude to have to invite a third party into that conversation. He's, he was basically saying, I'm interrupting the conversation you and I are have, having to bring this person on. That's why I don't do a whole lot of interviews. I, I want to do more because there are some people who are just experts on subjects, on things that I can't really talk about a whole lot. And I want to get you guys the information. But if I can have the conversation with you instead about the subject and you and I talk about it, I think that's way better. It's more authentic. But we live in a very inauthentic world now. People take pictures and they put them through just the right filter and they put some meaningless inspirational quote with it. Today is the best day for you to wake up and have your best day. What the hell does that mean? It's a picture of a sunrise or maybe a sunset through a filter. You don't know because there's no compass showing you which, whether it's west or east where the sun's coming from. I guess it's meant to look like a sunrise. Go out and, and dominate the day by being authentically you. As opposed to What? We are so societally inauthentic. That's why I want these holidays to stick around. That's why I don't want the commercialism to destroy them. I want us to continue to be together and to have authentic conversations. I want to be together with family and talk about, hey, what have you been doing since I saw you last Thanksgiving? Hey, what's your address? I want to send you a Christmas card to the kids. Hey, what's going on in, in your city? What's going on in your life? What I don't want is somebody to walk up to me at a family thing and say, hey, what do you think about Trump announcing he's running for president? Get away from me. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't care. You bring up Trump, Biden, DeSantis, whoever, I'm turning and I'm running. Not doing it. Those aren't authentic conversations. Those are you that's a person trying to probe. That's a person looking for something as opposed to just a, an actual, legitimate, genuine conversation about life. Man, oh man, we live in a society where we can't just have life anymore. There's always some angle. There's always some... There's always some aspect to try to make it about us and how people interact with us. It's never just, I want to genuinely know about you, how your life is going. Starting out a conversation like that is exactly like putting a filter on a picture you take on your phone. It's meaningless. It does nothing to actually advance the conversation. Mentioned this this morning. I was at a family gathering, uh, not my family, but uh, but a family gathering not too long ago. 
And both sides of the political spectrum were there in equal force and both very strong views one way or the other. There was a sign on the front of the house. No politics. And by God, everybody was there talking about life, talking about each other. I miss you. This is the first family uh, gathering we've had in years. Having these great conversations, they were all just thrilled to just be with each other and not have to worry about that drama. That's why we celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate Thanksgiving to be with each other. And like I said, to celebrate each other's life, to celebrate each other's existence in our own lives. Because we need each other. We need that connection. And I'm so sick of us doing everything we can culturally to try to push each other away rather than bring each other in. 232-1542, let's take our last break of the day, our last break before Thanksgiving. We'll wrap up the show. Your calls, 232-1542, your messages on the KPL app chat. Haven't even mentioned that. I'll get to that during the break. We'll have that more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, in trying to wrap things up for the holiday, because like I said, I'm, I'm getting out of here fairly early, um, I, was, I was trying to get best of shows and everything lined up. I forgot to cut the one audio that I wanted to cut for y'all. I wonder, knowing Bernie, I wonder if it's a possibility. Y'all, I'm doing this on the fly. I'm checking our programming computer just to see. I wonder, nope, not in there. Oh, well. What I had wanted to do the last segment for today is I wanted to play the greatest Thanksgiving clip of all time, which is the WKRP turkey drop. It's one of the best clips in television history. It is one of those perfect radio moments that's ever been put into a comedy. And God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. It's, it's just, it's an amazing clip. Uh, one of my favorite family traditions is when we're all gathered at my parents' house, we'll, we'll start to look up things like that. We'll look up WKRP. Uh, we look up old clips from the Carol Burnett show, things like that. Uh, the uh, the elephant story from the from the Carol Burnett uh, bloopers. If you've never seen that, it's hilarious, uh, and just we watch that over and over because it is just legitimately gut bustingly funny. But speaking of family traditions, so we got the turkey. Turkey always happens. Um, we don't do mac and cheese. At our family, we do uh, the holiday celebration. We have what's it's cheese spaghetti. So mac and cheese, when you make a big thing of it, it's creamier, it's kind of runnier. Uh, this one is uh, meltier. It's a layer of cooked spaghetti noodles, a layer of shredded cheese, layer of cooked spaghetti noodles, layer of shredded cheese, topped with butter, some evaporated milk poured in. There's some salt, pepper, garlic, salt, stuff like that in there as well. And it's baked. Two layers of melty cheese and spaghetti noodles in a casserole dish. It's phenomenal. Um, the turkey, I've seen all sorts of different recipes for how to do the turkey. Uh, old school nerd who was in here for offsides yesterday, he, uh, he's, he's been doing one on rotisserie, which I, he, was, he was brining one. He's going to do it on like a commercial rotisserie, which sounds awesome, and I'm frankly jealous. Um, 
fried turkey, roasted, however you do it. Um, I had a friend who who did uh, some in it and had it injected with some non-traditional like teriyaki and and, and stuff like that, and it apparently came out very good uh, with that Asian kind of zing to it. Um, I don't know what there. I saw this image the other day, and uh, Mark, I'll ask Mark hit your mic because I want to ask you this. I want to see what your reaction to it is. Well, if now I now I have to go back and find. Here we go. All right. I'm going to give you a list of nine items, Mark. Okay. Your job is to get rid of one of them. Get rid of one of these for Thanksgiving. Okay. Number one, turkey. Mm-hmm. Number two, rolls. Number three, baked beans. Four, mac and cheese. Five, squash casserole. Six, greens and cornbread. Seven, corn casserole. Eight, cra- stuffing and cranberry sauce. Nine, mashed potatoes and gravy. Well, I, it's pretty easy for me, the, the bread. The bread? When you said bread, I said it's going to be hard to top that one. Uh, I like the little crescent rolls. Yeah. Though, If we had those, you know, the kind of flaky layered yeah. ones. But You're not a fan of just like the, no. the rolls? No. Okay. Well, what's, uh, what, what, what would be yours? Uh, you know, I'm not a greens. I'm not a fan of the greens. I'll take vegetables any other way. I just, the greens, for whatever reason, if it's like not fresh spinach, I'm not typically a fan of the greens or, mm-hmm. or any kind of fresh like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smothered, not not huge on. Uh, it's either that or the squash casserole. I'm not crazy about squash casserole. Uh, I asked one person. They said I don't remember ever having baked beans at Thanksgiving, and I'm I'm trying to think. I've, I've seen it fairly often, so I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, look, I, I, I like it all. Um, you know, if there's a roll, uh, I, I think it's, uh, you have to be polite. Yeah. You're talking about society and, and, you know, coming all together here, have a roll. Oh yes, of course. You no, I don't want to roll. Yeah. But you know, yeah, we have to kind of play along. I but guess anyway, it also depends on the type of roll too. Like you said, crescent roll, that's pretty easy. That's, that's, yeah, that's just straight up the best. Oh yeah. Um, no doubt. Those school cafeteria type rolls, not so much. If you get the kind that are uh, those big buttery restaurant kinds that come in a basket, I don't want to say a specific place for advertising reasons, mm-hmm. but uh, those those can be pretty good. But they're they're very light and fluffy. Um, Do they have some kind of uh, somewhat sweet butter? Yes, the ones you the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know. We'll, now we'll... there's a restaurant in Natchitoches. And they do that now, but they used to do just loaves of, of dark rye. And that was the bread. And you would have to cut the bread yourself and put the sweet butter and, on and it. And that's good, too. Yeah. Especially when it comes on the little cutting board with a knife and yeah. it's warm. Yes. Hot to warm. Crispy on the outside, very cool, very, very soft mm. and warm on the inside. Absolutely. My favorite food saying is, mm, 8B. But apparently, the Andy Griffin thing. Apparently, that restaurant's distributor stopped doing those. So they had to switch to the other roles, which was a tragedy. But man, anyway, you guys, thanks very much for sticking around. Uh, love talking to y'all every day. We'll be back on Monday. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Remember, be with your family, celebrate each other. Because we need each other so much, especially in the world we live in right now. You guys have a great day. Talk to you again on Monday here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and of course, Substack, Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com. Talk to you guys soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.